before we get started, um, I heard a good, good testimony about being at the right place at the right time, which is something we're always praying for and believing for around here. We believe, in cause, according to Psalm 37, that uh, our steps are ordered by the Lord. And we're at the right place at the right time. So we actively put our faith in that. And I heard a testimony about a teenage girl in Branson, Missouri. She, uh, <clears throat> she was a teenager going to Skyline Community Church. I believe it's called. I know it's Skyline something. So if that's not exactly it, that's close. Anyway, Skyline Community Church. She lived in Branson, Missouri. And this has just happened I'm two, within the last year or so. I don't know exactly when. And she was awaiting tables in a restaurant there in Branson. And a man came in, and she's waiting his table. And she said, he said to her, are you a Christian? And she said, yes, I am. And he said, well, what church do you go to? And she said, well, I go to Skyline and, you know, or something. And he said, well, is that a good church? And she said, it is. And we have outgrown our building. And we have been believing to buy, we've been trying for two years to buy one of the theaters here in Branson. You know, one of, you know, I don't know, you know, how, you know how they have theaters there and the actors, I mean the singers come and do shows and said we've been trying to buy it and we've tried and tried and every time the deals fell through. Now she told this stranger this. He said well maybe I can help. He is friends with the man who owns Hobby Lobby and he calls him and Hobby Lobby bought him the church. A teenage girl at the right place at the right time and opening her mouth. I tell you, I've been opening my mouth ever since. In fact, I thought about putting a call in to Hobby Lobby, you know. Hallelujah. But, but no, I've been opening my mouth. And I want to encourage you to open your mouth. I know I was in the pharmacy yesterday. And uh, the pharmacist said, well, what you got Mr. Billings doing today? And I said, I said, you know, I could have just said, oh, well, he's just... He's just messing or I don't know what I would have He's just, but I said, well, you know what we're doing? We're planting another church on the other side in Cottondale. Because, see, you just never know. You just never know. So op I want to encourage you to open your mouth just like that teenage girl did. Every time you get an opportunity, open your mouth. And, you know, I heard another, heard also, did you all hear about um, um, the, the McDonald's heiress? I think her last name's Croc that she died and left the Salvation Army $1.5 billion. They got a McBlessing. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Woo. You need to get to know some rich folks. Hallelujah. Now, in the Salvation Army, some people don't know, is a denomination. It's a denomination. It's actually a denomination, evangelical. And, you know, talk about a church. You know, pastors always saying every church has a, a mission, a specific, you know, there's a mission for that church. They know their mission, don't they? I mean, God has definitely imprinted them with a vision, and they know what it is. And, man, they do it, don't they? Well, she did kind of try to, you know, some people try to control from the grave. She put some stipulations on it, but... And uh, so the, the Salvation Army still has a faith challenge because she said the $1.5 billion had to go to build community centers in different towns like they have here, you know, where the homeless can go and so forth and where they have meals every day, I believe. I'm not sure, but I think they serve meals every day to the needy. And, and so they ha it has to go to build, and she did not fund completely the centers. So the Salvation Army has to believe God or raise or do something to get 50 to 70 million dollars they need in order to uh, uh, 
to to keep these things operating because you know there's operating expenses even after they're built. Hallelujah. But they will, won't they? They'll believe God and they will. Amen. God's good. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm, I, I think God's blessing folks out there. Hallelujah. And we're glad about it. Thank you, Jesus. But I, I really, let's see, Hobby Lobby. Hmm. <laughs> let's see. Hey, anybody got an unction for Hobby Lobby? Praise God. I want to talk this morning to you about the power of the word. Uh, Pat, the, what you say, well, what are they going to hear in Cottondale? They're going to hear about the power of the word. Pastor said, what are you preaching on? I said, well, I'm preaching on the power of the word. He said, you got any notes? I said, yeah, I do. He said, can I borrow them? And I gave him my notes. <laughs> and, and I said, you just don't know how much this is going to cost you. I mean, these are the, those are going to be the most expensive notes you ever found. Of course, he said, you know, like Pastor Webb always said, took a, took a good sermon, make it outstanding. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he said it's, his is going to be far superior, but I don't know. Anyway, I want to talk to you about the power of the Word of God this morning. I want to tell you that there's three things that God wants you to do with the Word of God. I'm talking about the B-I-B-L-E. You know, we used to sing a song, the B-I-B-L-E. Now that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God. We sing songs about standing on the promises. Uh, but you know, a lot of times we sing that and then we don't. But uh, the Word of God that we're going to see today is your answer. The Word of God is your way. It's your way out. It's your solution. It's, it, it, it's there for you. So three things God wants us to do with the Word of God. First, He wants us to develop an attitude toward the Word of God, towards the Bible. We need to develop an attitude towards this Bible that it is personal. Not that it's a historical book. Not that it's just a man got some powerful stories in it even. But that this is personal. This is God speaking to me. And every time I pick it up, what are you saying to me, God? What do you want to say to me, Lord? It's God speaking to me. So God wants you to have that attitude. The messages in the Word of God, they are personal to you. You know, in John 16, 27, it says, The Father Himself loveth you. That's God talking to you. That's God saying, I love you. I love you. The Father Himself loveth you. Sometimes I think we make this for everybody else instead of making it, this is for me. God loves me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Psalm 17, 8. This is one of my, oh, favorite. It talks, it says, um, that we're the apple of His eye. You're the apple of God's eye. You're His favorite. Somebody said, how can God have favorites? Well, because we're all His favorite. Amen. We're His favorite. We're the apple of His eye. We used to sing a song back in charismatic days. Keep me, Jesus, as the apple of thine eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wing. Put thy hand upon me, lest I die. Keep me, Jesus, as the apple of thine eye. You know, we need to get it down in us that God loves us, that we're the apple of His eye. And we got to get personal about the Word of God. When we have a problem, we ought to open it up and say, God, speak to me. I know Pastor and I recently were talking about something, some decisions we're making in the process of making for the church and everything. And, and I said, well, the answer's in the Word. 
And I said, I'm not going to stop until I find the answer in the Word of God. I'm going to find, God. I'm going I'm to search till I find. And sometimes we think, oh my, she's going to be in for it. But, you know, so the next morning after we had said that, I got up and I had my Bible in my hand. I was kind of praying and I was fixing to start reading my Bible. And the thought came to me and I said, now, Lord, you know, we have this question and, and we're, we're wanting to know the answer from your word. And I just had that thought. I didn't even really say it out loud. I just said, and I'm going to be watching this morning for your answer. That's just what I had the thought. And so I opened my Bible right where I was reading, right where I was, because I'm reading through the New Testament. And uh, right where I was reading, I opened the Bible and read four verses and I said, well, there it is right there. There it is. See, sometimes we, we, we don't, we don't want to say, well, the word's my answer because we think, well, I'm going to have to spend six years reading the whole, every bit of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers trying to find this word. But no, he's, he's got these truths in there for us and he's not hiding them from us. And, and the, we can trust him as we open the Bible to find the answers for our lives. We can trust him to guide our steps even there. We say our steps are ordered by the Lord, but our steps are ordered by the Lord in his word too. So that when we open the Bible, we open to places. I know when Miss Dodie Osteen was uh, believing God, she was she had been given six weeks to live, and she was she was dying, and they were standing on the word of God. Her and Pastor Osteen, and and uh, the, she he had come in from church, and I mean the pressure, pressure, extreme pressure on their lives, and he said he had thrown his Bible on the bed, just throw his Bible down on the bed, and you know. <laughs> He said, and he looked down, and an angel or something had opened his Bible, and a scripture just right there stood out to him that she was going to live. She was going to live. And I want to tell you something. I know from personal experience, you can live sometimes a years, not just a year or months, one word from heaven, and you can walk years on one word from heaven. Yeah. Amen. And, and you, it will take you through things that you like. You'll look back and you'll go, I don't know how we survived that. I don't know how we did that. You know, we went to a meeting in, uh, uh, I believe it was November 2001. Yeah, it was. And uh, a prophet, I, I don't know if he's a prophet, he's a pastor. He hit, but he walks, he obviously was operating over in the prophet's ministry that night. And he stood us up, spoke to us for about 20 minutes. We have it all written down. But one of the things he said to us, and he said, um, the ends will meet and overlap. Now that was a word from heaven. And did you know since 2001, we have walked on that in this church that the ends will meet and overlap? And sometimes we go, I, I don't know what, how we're going to pay the bills this week, but I don't know how it happened. You can see, there's not only, there's not only strength and encouragement in the word, but the actual performance of it, the power to have, the power to cause it to come to pass is what I'm trying to say, is infused into the word of God and it, it, it's creative. And so we would, you know, at times you're, you're tempted to go, I, I just don't, you see that pile? Do you know, do y'all ever see a pile of bills or something and go, but the ends will meet and overlap. Amen. Amen. 
And so we've done that many times on different words, walked on the Word of God. So it's personal. That's the first thing God wants us to do with the Word of God. The second thing He wants us to do is to put our faith in it. Put our faith in the Word of God. Begin to build your faith on the Word. I know that sounds kind of simple and maybe like, well, doesn't everybody, but people don't. Christians, most of the body of Christ has their faith in prayer. They've put all their faith over in prayer. And it don't take long to pray if you put your faith in the Word of God. And this is what, this is what, this is what, this is what's going to get the job done. It's not prayer that gets the job done. Amen. Amen. It's, but, and prayer's important. I'm not saying prayer's not important, but that's not where God wants you to have your faith, is in prayer. He wants you to have your faith in the Word of God. The third thing God wants you to do with the Word this morning is He wants you to inject the Word of God into every situation. Inject the word into every situation. When you have a problem, you don't even, you're not even close to the solution till you've got the scripture that you need to stand on and you've got it before you. So if you've got a child problem, you need a child scripture. Amen. And you know, you say, well, Miss Debbie, how do I know which one to use? You pick the one that means something to you. You know, when you're reading, you can find all sorts of scriptures about children. You can find books that have scriptures on how to pray for your children. We have a pass out at the back, prayers to pray for your children, that has a list of scriptures that I prayed for my kids for years. I spoke all those scriptures over them for years. And I'm telling you, the Bible, the Word, you, when you can't be with your kids, the Word will watch over them. Because you spoke the Word over them. You know, the Word guides them. One of the things for years, I said, and, and the Colin can vouch for me, I would pray every morning, and then a lot of times in the afternoon, come home from the church, from teaching school or whatever. We had a Christian school at that time. And uh, I sit on the front porch, and I would speak scriptures. I would go over those scriptures. And you know, I didn't make it a real big spiritual deal. I just would read down a list. I could just read down the list of scriptures, just speaking over them. And one, of, you know, one of them was like, they'll never be unequally yoked with anyone who is inconsistent with the faith. Hallelujah. Well, you know, and I told y'all before, Colin tried to, but he didn't get unequally, you know. <laughs> no. Some people, some girls were going after him that wouldn't have been consistent with the faith. He doesn't want me to tell that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because he's so pretty. And <laughs> he is pretty. I'm don't, if you don't believe it, just ask his mama. And <laughs> anyway, and he's sweet too. Hallelujah. And uh, but anyway, th those words would were, were were guiding my kids. Th that word of God were guiding my kids. Hallelujah! I always said too that they would honor their father and mother, especially the, no, and be real nice to their mother. <laughs> no, anyway, I said those things. They'll honor their father and mother. I can tell you, I have my kids have always honored us. I have not been dishonoring ever in any way ever. And it's not you can't give me the credit. It's just that word. Just pressing that word on them. And I mean, not even to their face. You know, I wasn't just saying, now you have to honor me. You have to honor me all the time. I probably said it to him a few times. <laughs> but, you know, but not that. Just, just pressing it on them in, the, in prayer or in the spirit on a daily, nearly a daily basis. Not every day. And um, I tell you, say, well, I don't have time to do that. You don't have time not to. These kids will drive you. They will ruin your life later. 
When they get to be 13 and 14 and 15, they'll ruin your life later if you don't take the time now to inject the word into their lives ahead of time. Amen. If you have a marriage problem, you need to find your scripture. Amen. Hallelujah. If you have a financial problem, what you need is a word from the Bible. Something that means something to you. Something that strengthens you. When you read it, you go, that makes me feel better. If, that, if you read a scripture and you go, that makes me feel better, then that's your scripture. Get on it. Get on it. And start letting it come out of your mouth all the time. Amen? Um, if you have a, a work problem, a job problem, a persecution problem at work. For every situation, for every circumstance in your life, God wants us to inject the Word of God into those situations, into every problem. And He wants us to inject the Word into our family's future. Amen? There's more, there's more power in praying Ephesians 6 where it says, uh, Children, obey your parents. You know, you say... Thank you, Father. My children obey their parents. There's power in that word. There's power in that word. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, you say, well, I don't know how you knew to do that, Miss Debbie. Well, I'll tell you how I knew. We got filled with the Holy Ghost, and it wasn't too long after we got baptized in the Holy Ghost that a woman, and I don't know if anybody in here will remember, named Barbara Arbo, she had a revelation and wrote some little books and they got out into the body of Christ about praying the Word. And you know, before that, I don't think anybody knew we were supposed to pray the Word. And we got a hold of those little books and so we started praying the Word. Amen. Now there's all sorts. If you say, well, I don't know what birds to pray. Well, we laid you a bunch out there just on paper at the back of the church. I hope there's some there this morning after I'm doing all this talking about it. But they, we refill them. We replenish them from time to time. But um, <coughs> uh, there's, other, there's books out there that are just full of scriptures. That's all they are is books about scriptures for this topic and that topic. And those things are good to get you started on those things. Amen. You know, if you desire to be close to God, then draw close to His Word. I, I know a lot of years I didn't know that. And you know, I'd get down and pray, Oh God, I want to be close to you. And you know, I would pray like that and just, Oh God. And you know, and just, and I was trying to feel something really is what I was trying to do. I was trying to get God, I was trying to feel something with my five senses, and God don't work with the five senses. You know what I'm saying? And that's, we've all been there. But I didn't know that if I wanted to be close to God, that I just needed to draw close to His Word. And I'd be close to Him. If you're hungry for God, I was in that before. Oh, God, I'm so hungry for you. Just pace the floor. Oh, God, I'm so hungry for you. I've done that so many times. But you know, if you're hungry for God, we go feed. Go feed on His Word, because this is God. This is God. Go feed on His Word. If you need God to speak to you, we've already talked about that. Open up the Bible. Ask Him. Say, Father, I need an answer to this question. And then open up your Bible and don't get out. Sometimes you don't find it in four verses. Let me clarify that. But it's not always a, a, a forever hunt. Amen? Sometimes it takes a while. But it, it's worth it. Because one word from heaven 
what can change your life. Hallelujah. If you want to see God, you know how many of you there? Oh, I'd like to see God. Well, you know, we know people that have had visitations from Jesus. But, you know, it's always a mistake to seek visitations. Because the devil can accommodate. Anytime you seek God and you're seeking him out in the five senses realm, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're in the wrong realm. And if you're saying, Lord, I, you need to visit me. If you want me to do this, you're going to have to appear to me. Man, you have just made a big mistake. Hallelujah. Probably you're not, you're going to end up not ever doing anything forever is probably what's going to happen. But it could be that the devil will come in and tell you and, and speak and, and manifest himself to you. Amen. It can happen when you start seeking God in the sense realm. No, if you want to, if you want to see God, then see him through his word. If you want to show God you love him, and you know, I have been there before. Oh, God, I just love you. I want you to know I love you. And you know, he appreciates us saying so. Just as we appreciate our spouses saying so. Wives, we appreciate hearing it, don't we? We don't like it when they say, I told her once when we married, and if she ever, if it ever changes, I'll tell her. And we don't, we, men, wives don't like that. They like to hear it. They like to hear it a lot. They like to hear it mushy and slurpy. They like to hear it pressed down. And you know what else more than that? They want you to back it up with action. They, they do. They want it backed up, don't they? They say, prove it. <laughs> prove it. Mow the lawn if you love me. Take out the trash. Help with the dishes. Amen. So we like it. And you know God's like that. He likes to hear it. But what, he, what proves it is when you love him, you love his word. He knows you love him. Words are cheap, aren't they? Especially in our society, people say love after one date. I love you after one date. And the next day they hate them. You know what I'm saying? They do. But if we, if we want to show God we love him, we'll love his word. If you want to honor God, and we all do, then honor his word. Amen. That's how you do it. Now, the word was designed by the Father to take the place of Jesus. You know, Jesus is not with us physically. He is in the spirit, but he is not with us physically. We cannot see him. We cannot handle him. And, and we don't always, uh, we can ask him questions, but the, the sure word, the sure way of hearing him is his word. And God designed it for Je the word to take Jesus' place in the earth. I want you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 this morning. And we'll read a scripture now that we've kind of gotten started. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. And, and I know, you know, you may know this, but I think we need to be reminded how powerful the Word of God is. And, and I know there might be even some people that don't know it because there was years and years that I didn't know it. I, I, I knew God was powerful. I knew God was powerful, but I didn't realize the power of His Word. And um, the power is in the Word. Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the Word of God is quick... How many of you like that word quick? I like it. I, I like to read it like it's fast. It'll work fast. Don't y'all always want a fast answer? I do. But it's not really fast. It's more, it's, it has living power. Quick means have living power. Like the quick of your nail. You know, you're, you're, the quick of your nail ha, is alive. And I can prove it to you if you want me to. <laughs> if you want me to, I'll prove to you that right up under your nail, it's alive. 
Amen. And that's what it means. It's the quick. It's living power. So his word is living power, living, having living power for the word of God is quick and powerful. That powerful means energetically efficacious and sharper. Sharper means cutting than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And see, we are three-part being, body, soul, and spirit. And the only thing that can tell the difference between soul and spirit is the Word of God. See, you, sometimes you, you can't tell. You're going, is this my head? Is this my mind? Or is this my spirit? Is God saying this or is my soul wanting this? You know, the only thing that can divide that is the Word of God. Dividing asunder between soul and spirit and is uh, and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner. Discerner means capable of judging. The discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the Word is powerful. And then the next verse, verse 13, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Now when he went to verse 13, he's still talking about the Word. And we think sometimes he changed subjects and started talking about God or Jesus, but he's talking about the Word. Well, we know Jesus is the Word. And he's talking about the Word here. He's talking about that, uh, that nothing's hidden from the Word of God. And all things are open to the eyes. The Word of God has eyes. The Word is alive. It has eyes. The Word judges me. We already read that. It judges me. You want to know how God's going to judge you? He's going to judge you with the Word of God. Amen. He's going to take the word and correct you and judge you. He doesn't judge us with sickness and disease. He judges us with the word of God. And um, it feeds me. It comforts me. It answers me. Psalm 119 says the word of God strengthens me. It quickens me. It directs me. The word of God is infused with the life of God. The life of God is in His words. Now sometimes it's harder for us to grasp that because we use words so lightly. We say things we don't mean. We kid and talk and, and um, joke and, and make confessions that are, you know, that drives me crazy and so forth. Things we, we don't really aren't really believing that that's going to drive us crazy. But we say those things so flippantly that we don't understand that God didn't say anything passively or flippantly or casually, but that His Word is infused with His power. Glory to God. Our contact with God is through His Word. Our contact with God is through His Word. How much Word we have in us is how Christ-like we will be. In fact, it's that Word in us that keeps us on the path of Christ-likeness. You know, when we're tempted to get mad at the driver next to us, it's that Word that says, No, now the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's that word, be ye kind one to another, that'll kind of draw you up and say, okay, now get in check here. Get control here. See, you got it on the inside. And so the word is constantly, you know, guiding us and pulling us and adjusting us and keeping us on the path. And, and you know, when we violate that, what we know in the word of God, you know, we done got out there. We got to get back quick, don't we? Hallelujah. Uh <laughs> The Word of God, how much Word we have in us is how powerful we'll be. 
Second uh, Peter 1.3 says it's through the knowledge of God that we inherit the divine promises and the power of God. It, the power of God is released through the knowledge of God. We will never go past our knowledge of God. If we don't know God's the healer, we won't experience His healing power. If we don't know it's God's will to heal every time, then we won't get healed all the time. But those, those, that, that power, that, that anointing is in the Word of God. It's in the Bible. It's in the Word. The Word is powerful. I want to read some uh, scriptures to you here in a minute. But I want to say to you first, with God's Word, you are unlimited. God's Word is what takes off the limitations. God's Word is what causes you to walk on water, just like Peter did. Peter walked on Jesus' word, come. The disciples in the boat, when the storm was boisterous, they could have walked on or rode on, we might have said. They could have rode on when Je the word. Jesus said, let us pass over to the other side. That was enough. He didn't have to say more. It doesn't matter what the devil does. I don't care if he manifests himself in his full glory, if he has any. Satanic glory. In front of you. And he throws everything at you. All you have to have is that word from Jesus. Let us pass over to the other side. And he may try to stop it. What he does is try to get you to believe that he could stop it. Get your eyes off that word. And, and sure enough, they couldn't pass over to the other side. Jesus, they had to go wake Jesus up in the boat. Amen. I know Jesus wanted to say, boys, if you'd have believed my word, I could have got some rest. Amen. Don't you figure he wanted to say something like that to him? But so it, the word is what um, <clears throat> the word is uh, what makes you unlimited. The word is what makes you not limited to your salary, to what that company pays you. By the word of God, you become unlimited to that. The word of God is what helps us take however many people like this and reach a whole city. Just by the Word of God. There's so much power in that Word. Amen? It was His words that turned the water into the wine. It, it's always been the Word. It, it, hallelujah, it's the Word, isn't it? Mark, Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. And I'll read some scriptures to you. But He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Let me ask you something. Why are you trying to live by bread alone? Why are you trying to live on what that company pays you? Why are you trying to, to, to survive on natural things? All, you need a word from heaven. You need a word from heaven. You know, the, one of the things that man spoke to us, and he said, and of course everything has to, if a man speaks something to you, it has to line up with this or it's not God. Amen? If it doesn't line up with this, we throw it out. If you don't know if it lines up with that, put it on a shelf. Put it on the shelf and let God confirm it to you through His Word. Amen? You know, if somebody comes up to you and says, Yea, saith the Lord, you're going to the mission field. You'll be in Mexico this time last year. And you never thought of it before? By this time last year. That would be, <laughs> that would be really cool. No, by this time next year. You know, if you've never thought of it before, you need to place it on the shelf. Amen? I know uh, <laughs> they, people have tried to prophesy us 
into, you know, people will try to use prophecy to, to pull you for their own interests. You know, hallelujah, glory to God. Uh, people have tried to do that to us before. Yea, saith the Lord, you're moving and I'm going to be the pastor. <laughs> and and uh, actually one, one woman said, and, and I'm the prophet of this church and I'm going to be the co-authority with you. And uh, her husband wasn't even saved. You know, it's like, I don't think so. Anyway, <laughs> hallelujah. You know, but so people try to use prophecy. So we have to, can we, we use the word of God. This is the sure word of prophecy. Peter said, this is the sure word of prophecy. Peter said, you know, Peter said to them, he said, you know, we handled him. Or was it John? Peter. We handled him. We touched him. We walked with him. But we have a more sure word of prophecy. He said, this is more sure than us walking with him and touching him. Amen. This is more sure than him appearing to you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jeremiah 15, 16. Thy words were found and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. I want to tell you something. The reason Christians aren't happy is because they don't have a word from heaven. They don't have a word. The word is the joy and rejoicing of your hearts. In this world, there's tribulations. You won't be able to get a sustaining joy by this world because there's always some new problem coming along. There's always something new out there. But we have a word that will keep, cause us to walk in joy, that causes us to walk above. Amen. Uh, Psalm, no, excuse me, Job 23, 12. I like this one a lot. Job 23, 12. With all the trials that Job went through, here's what he said, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of thy lips. I have esteemed the words of thy mouth more than my necessary food. Hallelujah. Psalm 107 verse 20, really an important verse. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. The Fenton translation says he sent his word and it healed them. Oh, I know. Well, God, heal me. We're trying to get our healing through prayer. And I want to tell you something. If you'd take three scriptures and do like Pastor Ross said, or Brother Ross, and you'd put them on a three by five card and two times a day, you would just read those scriptures. Just read them. Your life would change. I got healed this week doing that very thing. I mean, the enemy has fought us this week. I know Cottondale is scaring the devil because the enemy's fought us this week. He has. He really has. And man, I tell you, uh, I came to healing school Sunday morning. I don't have back problems, but I tell you, I had, I don't know what, something to do with my lower back. And I mean, I could hardly get out of bed. I was so stiff, and it was just the devil. But I just wrote scriptures. I, I had actually already wrote them on, wrote some scriptures on cards because I just thought, you know, because sometimes even though you, you know the word and I've been going through the word and I've told you to mark in your Bible and with highlight the healing scriptures, you need to get that done. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> just messing with you, John. Anyway, uh, highlight the healing scriptures, but sometimes just doing something a different way makes it more fresh to you. And so when Brother Ross said that, I said, well, that's a fresh concept. So I went to Sam's and, bought 
I was looking for some three by five cards. Didn't know he's going to have to buy, buy a pack of 30. You know, if you want some, I'll give you some. I've got three by five cards running out my ears right now. But uh, hallelujah. And so just wrote some scriptures on them. Just a few didn't have time. And so this week, that's what I did. I just took those healing scriptures. I'm telling you, symptoms left. Symptoms left. Symptoms left. Totally. You'd think, you'd th- to feel my back this morning, you'd think that I never had anything. You'd think nothing had ever happened. You say it just can't be that simple, but though you just don't know the power of the Word of God. You don't know that there's healing power in it. You hadn't believed that there's power, that these, see, the enemies of God think this is just paper and ink. They don't get it. But we get it. There's power in this Word. Amen? Hallelujah. Are any of you convinced yet? Hallelujah. So He sent His Word and it healed them. It healed them. It healed them. Mark 16, verse 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. It's signs that follow the word. It, you, want some, you want some supernatural signs in your life? Then start speaking the word. Because signs follow the word. Um, <clears throat> the problem that we have had in our lives and in the body of Christ in general with the word is that Man's word has gained the ascendancy in our generation. It has gained the authority. See, we believe the doctor's word, and we believe the lawyer's word, and we believe the teacher's word, and we believe the politician's word. How many of you believe that's a bad idea? And we believe the weatherman's word, and we believe the news media's word, and sometimes we're much more convinced of that than we are this word. You know, we're living by the weatherman sometimes. As farmers, you can get in that habit. We got in the habit of listening to the weather to see what he said. And you know, that can be a mistake because they don't know. Even with all, even though they have new radar and they have all sorts of stuff now, don't they? They're getting better, but they still don't know. I know recently, James Spann, I was not happy with him because he said it wasn't going to frost. And I had all those new, fresh, little tender flowers out there. And guess what? It frosted. And I put my trust in him. And I was like, I was wanting to email him and say, get get with it, son. Start listening to the Holy Ghost. No, he's a Christian. No, I'm just kidding you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, no, when we open the Bible, it's a living thing. It's a living thing. And you know, it make all the difference in the world. I mean, if you approach your Bible and you go, well, i got to read the Bible today. I know I need to. That's going to be a whole lot different than if you say, I'm going to feed on the Word. I'm going to get an answer today. I'm going to get a strategy. I'm gonna, God's going to show me some stuff today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He'll show you how to pray for your kids. He'll show you how to, how to minister to them, what to say to them. He'll speak to you through His Word. Uh, Romans 10, 8. But what saith it? The Word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the Word of faith which we preach. Where's the Word supposed to be? Two places. In our mouth and 
in our heart. Hebrews 11.3, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which were, are seen were not made of things which do appear. God created the world with his words. He's putting that, he's given us that same opportunity to create our world with the words that we speak. We can create our world. You can, you can literally have people over to your house and say, do you see this? I created this with the words. I took the word of God and I created this. I got the house I live in. I mean, we had given up a house. Actually, if I look back, we've given up several houses for the gospel. I mean, as far as following them. But we had a very nice house in Seminole. And uh, we had uh, about $30,000 equity in it. That, was a, that sounds like a real lot to me now. <laughs> I mean, it's like, wow, we were really getting with it, having 30000 equity in the house. And so, uh, 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 the, the, but the church was in crisis. It was, a ba it was that little baby blade, you know. And so God put it in our heart to, 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 to uh, work a deal where we traded houses. I don't want to go into all of that. But anyway, we got the equity out. And uh, so um, I didn't do anything about that for a lot of years. I mean, I knew we had given that house for the gospel, and I had that in my heart. But when we moved to Birmingham, something somebody said, I can't remember, just put, got it in my heart that, hey, I had a, Mark 10, 29 says, I have a hundredfold return because it says, no man having given houses and land and brothers and sisters. in, And it goes on to say, shall not receive a hundredfold in this life. In this life and in the ages to come, eternal life. So I began to just get on that scripture. I just got on it. I just got on it. Every day I was like, thank you, Lord. I just believed I received my, I called it my Mark 10 house. I thank you, Lord. I got me a Mark 10 house. I thank you, Father, for it. And I'm just thanking him for it. And I'm telling you, God had, God, you, we, we bought with no money. We bought with no money. We've made the payment by the end shall meet and overlap. Hallelujah. Because see the word. It's the power of the word. Take the time to get, get on the word of God. Hallelujah. Uh, the things God wants to say to you today. Here's some scriptures God wants to say to you specifically today. And the Bible tells us to take the word of God and to comfort one another with these words. So I'm going to send you some words of comfort today. Psalm 23, 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I want to tell you today, the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want. The Amplified Bible says you shall not want any good or beneficial thing in one place. Hallelujah, glory to God. Here's you another word of comfort. Isaiah 41, 10, this is an awesome word of comfort. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. That is a, such an awesome scripture. In the Amplified Bible, that scripture says, He will harden you to difficulties. I know uh, I looked for years. Someone told me back many years ago that... The Amplified Bible that there was a scripture that said he would harden you to difficulties. Well, until like a couple of years ago, there was no concordance for the Amplified Bible. If you found it, you had to find it. And so, I mean, I had searched. I had searched for harden you to difficulties because we had some difficulties, I want to tell you, and I needed that scripture. And so I'm looking, harden you to difficulties. Well, we, a pastor decided in 93 that we would go to Russia. And that we needed to go to Russia. We were supposed to go to Russia. And you got to understand me. 
I grew up going to one town on vacation. We went to the mountains. We're in Dos, New Mexico. I never got to go anywhere else. I am not a traveler. Pastor says, where do you want to go on vacation? The beach. I want to go one place. I want to go there every time. I don't want to see the world. Don't want to go to Spain. Don't want to. I mean, if you ask me, no money, don't matter where you want to go, I'd say nowhere. You know, Destin. You know, Gulf Shores. I'd, I'd be something like that. Now, I want a nice hotel. I want it really nice. Amen. I'll just soon stay home as saying stay in some flea bitten, cockroach infested. You know, we stayed in some Best Western in Vicksburg, didn't we, Colin? And things bit us in the night. Hello. <laughs> we did. We were passing through going to a funeral, but so we were just like, take a hotel. <laughs> Hallelujah. So uh, wasn't a vacation. But anyway, um, Pastor said we're supposed to go. I said, well, Okay, but I wouldn't have let him go to Russia without me. You just drown the world, that would have been too much. At that time, I would now, I'm, but at that time, I wouldn't have. And I said, I, you just, if, if I were going, I'm not leaving my kids here. Because I had the mentality, I'm, this is faith, I, I grant you. But it's like, if we have to stay over there the rest of our lives, at least we'll have our kids with us. <laughs> I had this, you know, but you've got to understand, we grew up afraid of Russia. The Cold War, we grew up, my man, I grew up in fallout shelter days. I mean, we were afraid of Russia. And so Russia was scary sounding. And uh, uh, we found out that it was all a big smoke screen. There wasn't nothing over there to be afraid of. Uh, hallelujah. The, the, uh, the United States so far outpowers Russia, it's not even funny. Uh, but anyway, uh, so what am I telling? <laughs> Hallelujah. So anyway, this scripture. So the day we're going to leave for Russia, the day we're going to leave for Russia, the mail comes before we leave, and I get a newsletter from Aquila Wilkin. Now, she's a lady minister. Y'all may not have heard of her, but she's in Texas. And I had never been on her mailing list, had never got a newsletter before. I don't think I've ever got one since. But I got her newsletter, and on the front page it says Isaiah 41.10. Amplified Bible. I will harden you to difficulties. I was a little nervous about going to Russia. And I want to tell you something. That was like, oh, it was comfort. It was, oh, God. I will be with, fear thou not. I will be with thee. I will uphold you. I will harden you to difficulties. Well, I want to tell you, there was difficulties there. There was difficulties there. There was no, they don't have restrooms like we have restrooms. They have a hole in the uh, floor. They don't have toilet paper. They didn't at that time. You take your own. They even hang their toilet paper and reuse it over on the toilet paper. Oh, I'm telling you, honey. That, and my dad always told me all my life that I was nasty nice. And I am nasty. I don't like to get my finger. I don't like dirt under my fingernails. I don't like to work in the yard. I might get dirt under my fingernails. I am nasty nice. And <laughs> But you know what? I breezed through. You would have thought I was... Man, I was just like, man, I can do this. I was going to the woods to go to the bathroom. We went on an eight-hour uh, bus trip, and you know, there's no gas station to stop at and go to the bathroom. We stopped, and there was a restroom, and our leader, Sister Sue, said, I'm, ladies, I'm going to go check it out. And I'll tell y'all, she came back and said, we ain't going in there. Go to the woods. And we went to the woods to went to the, go to the bathroom, and man, I was tough. Hallelujah. Man, who hallelujah. And I thought it was me. I thought, I'd man, I've got it. I've grown up. But I got home, and you know what? I couldn't do any of that stuff that I did. 
Again, I, I went right back to being Debbie. <laughs> no, it was the Word. It was the power of the Word. And it infused me and it strengthened me. Man, it was, it was, it was crazy over there. They, we got to the hotel in Kovrov and they told Colin and Eric, Colin was, had just turned 16, 17. He turned 17 on the trip. And Eric was what? 12, I guess. 11, something. Something like that. And, uh, so we're on the fourth floor of this hotel. No elevator. There's another. It's hard new to difficulties. We carried all our luggage up to the fourth floor. Miss Jean, I can hardly believe it. It's a miracle, isn't it? Yes. Hallelujah. She, anyway, uh, and they said, there's no more rooms on the fourth floor. Your kids will have to go to the second floor in Russia. There's no telephone in the room. There's no heater in the room. But there's not even a commode. In, I think we had a commode. Oh, yeah. We had a commode and a sink, and they had a tub and a sink. And, and uh, no hot water, no. No, no, no. And, there, and here I am, I, and you don't know now, my kids. And I'm on the fourth floor, and they're on the second floor, and the first floor is a, a brothel. And we saw people in the hall with guns. And, you know, I'm just like, the peace of God. Well, I mean, mo I was just... I can't believe, I look back and I go, I can't believe I didn't have a hissy fit. Y'all know what a hissy fit is? And say, my kids are going to be on this fourth floor with me, or I'm going to be on the second floor. I can't believe I didn't, but I was just like, oh, that's fine. I mean, I can't really believe it now, but I did. See, because I was so hardened to difficulties by that scripture. That scripture was just holding me up. It was just carrying me along. And I was just fine about it. It's just great. I was, I was still, I know that the nerves were there. We, in Russia, the bed, the beds are not as big as a twin. The, what they call a twin bed is not that wide as a, what we would have a twin bed. And I was so cold. I know it was just nerves, but it was also 40 degrees and no heater. And I was so cold and that me and Pastor slept on that twin bed together <laughs> all night. Because <laughs> I had to have, you know, the Bible says two can keep each other warm. You know, and I was trying to get warm. <laughs> I, was, I was trying, but by the second or third night, I had relaxed. You know, my nerves were stretched, but I tell you, I was still... I, the, one of the nights, I, the nerves just kind of got to me, and I started to cry. Not about anything in particular. I was just crying. But, you know, I didn't want to use toilet paper. So I got my dirty socks, and I was wiping my... Because, you know, toilet paper's precious. Don't use the toilet paper. You may need it in a day or two. So, so I'm dabbing my eyes with my dirty socks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But, uh, you know, the, uh, the Word will just carry you through, carry you along, carry you, help you. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to give you one more. Romans 8, 31. Hallelujah. What shall we then say to these things? I want to comfort you with this. If God be for us, who can be against us? I want to say to you this morning, if God be for you, who can be against you? I don't care what that boss says. I don't care what that person at school says. I don't care. If God be for you, who can be against you? You are his favorite. You are his favorite. You are the apple of his eye. And they better watch out. They better watch out messing with God's people. They better watch out messing with somebody that's got the word inside of them. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord Jesus.
Mm. The word is talking to you with the same authority as if Jesus was standing right there. If Jesus was to walk in and stand right before you and you saw him with your eyes and he spoke the word to you, it would have no more authority than it has right now. The word's talking to you. Amen. Find the word that's speaking to you. Find the word that means something to you. And get it in your healing. Get it in your life. Get it in your prosperity. Hallelujah. Get it even in your future, in the doors of opportunity, your vision, what you want to come to pass. Get the word of God in that. Amen. Let's stand up together today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord.